following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, we are going to learn about how to cultivate emotional balance with a practice called Qigong. We're going to have a specialist uh, with us uh, talking to us about how to bring this emotional balance, especially now that I think so so many of us are in upheaval, like up, down, up, down, you know, confused about what's going on and so much uncertainty that it's hard to feel balanced at a moment uh, at a time like this. So we're going to learn a bit about that. But first, time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You can always email me as well to laurie at drlaurie.com. And by the way, if you are interested in being on our Baby Boomer panel next week, shoot me an email to laurie at drlaurie.com and uh, let me know that you are interested. And if there are any topic ideas as well that you would love to hear from our Boomer panel, then uh, then please send those along as well. All right, here's a question. How can you maintain intimacy and closeness with your partner or partners during the coronavirus situation when you don't live together and even more when you do live together. So those are two different situations and scenarios. I think it's very difficult for couples right now that uh, are not living together. But I'll, I remember a conversation that we had with uh, Dr. Mitch and then I remember hearing uh, Dr. Fauci also talk about this, um, about meeting up with uh, with a partner. So if, if both of you have been isolating in a had no contact with anybody else, meaning you're not going to work every day or taking public transit or what have you, then there is a, you have to assess the risk for, uh, for yourself, right? Uh, Also getting together. I mean, it may not be, uh, you may have to avoid sexuality. You may have to avoid uh, very close contact and maybe explore other ways to be intimate, meaning uh, using the devices that you have uh, um, with each other, uh, FaceTiming and things like that. So yes, it does change things for sure. But at some point, there will be a time when, you know, we can get back into relationships. And I think part of it is assessing the risk. Each of us has to assess um, that risk as well. Now, when couples who do live together, that's interesting because some couples are are maybe more sexual now because they have more time to be together. They maybe have more relaxation time. And then for others, it's the opposite, quite the opposite, because all of the anxiety that they're experiencing and the stress of not knowing and the stress of, of, um, all this uncertainty, it, it just, it's causing, uh, a decrease in libido. So we know that there is a relationship between stress and decreased libido, anxiety and decreased libido. So, and then, so couples might be frustrated or uh, maybe they're both feeling this mm-hmm. way, but I think what's really important is to, um, have compassion for the way that your partner is handling things. And if your partner is not interested, then find out what they would want, a hug, a, uh, um, just some cuddling or uh, some comfort 
and feelings of safety um, from you. So that's also important. Uh, text writes, and the risk will be around for a while. We all have to take a calculated risk or suffer. Right. It's very hard to stay away from all contact with humans. Like that's just an impossible ask for, a, 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 you know, it's already been like nine weeks, right? How much longer? And uh, lots of people are very frustrated. So yes, of course, there's calculated risks. And that's going to be as we get back into um, reopening or deconfinement, it's going to be a calculated risk every time. Every time you get on a bus, every time you um, go to the store, every you just have to take measures as best you can and and trust that your partner is doing the same, right? So if you have a partner that you can trust has the same uh, uh, hygiene principles as you, rather than someone who says, ah, this virus means nothing, or ah, this is, I'm not going to get it, or who cares, and doesn't follow any guidelines, well, then you're putting yourself at risk at that point. So it, it's how you have to evaluate it. Another uh, a message here with some venting. Uh, I saw something today that really bothered me. I was parked on the side of the road beside a playground doing some paperwork and texting with the office. I saw a mom with a baby in a stroller and two younger children walking with her. Soon after, another mom walking with two younger children, and it was obvious they all knew each other. The kids wanted to run and play with each other, but the moms held them back. The park was closed, the swings all tied together, the slide roped off, etc., these kids could not be more than seven or eight years old, and they do not understand what is going on, why they cannot play together, or why the park is closed. I started to think about the countless hours I spent at the park with my own kid when she was that young. Very special times. Um, I am 61 and finding this difficult. You yourself said it is not easy for you, and from listening to your show, most adults finding it hard. We forget what it was like to be a child. Those young ages only happen once, and their memories will not be running and playing outside together. It is important to a child's development to interact and not at a safe distance of six feet. I just felt so sad for these youngsters who just wanted to do what comes natural to them, play together. Do parents now have to bring their children up living in a bubble until a vaccine is discovered. From what I hear on the news, it may actually take years. I don't think we'll be living in a bubble uh, for years, but I do think we're going to maybe be insisting on, on more hygiene, for example, or even having kids wearing masks at that age if they can understand or can. So there's all this. Honestly, I have no idea where this is going or what life is going to look like, only that life is definitely different. All the more reason why, you know, we need that calming. Like sometimes I feel my breath is like, oh, okay, it's like stressful. And then I have to remember, okay, like breathe and bring my system down a little bit. And I, I have to remind myself of that too. And we're going to learn a little bit about that. Um, after 10:15, so it's all a, a practice that we can all maybe uh, do do a little bit a, a part of, you know, and, and help us bring all that all that uh, stress down. Um, I'm a huge fan. Thanks for your time. I love the show. My question is for the ladies. I love breasts 100%. What percentage of women actually like or want their breasts fondled, groped or squeezed before or during or after sex? Um, another 
you want another statistic, Dr. Google, who's one of our listeners, <laughs> we call him that, or he calls himself that, JD. Uh, maybe you can find a, a study that looks at that. All I can say is that it's different for different women. Some women, breast play, like nipple play could bring on an orgasm for some women. For some women, it's the, the something that they need in order to uh, to get aroused. And other women, not so much. So the important, the most important thing is rather than go for it, ask. You ask, is this something that you enjoy? Or if you don't want to ask, uh, pay attention to the uh, the sounds that your partner makes. You'll know if she likes it, and if she doesn't, she may push you away from there or um, whatever, right? So the important thing is if you want to be great with a partner, you find out what that particular person likes. Coming up, we're going to speak with Paul Fraser. He is a uh, Qigong um, practitioner. He just wrote a book about this, Rediscovering Our Humanity, something I think we is very timely. Uh, we all have to learn how to be how to discover our humanity, especially in these times. With Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Tonight on the show, we talk about trying to find and cultivate emotional balance in our lives, especially during these times. Uh, now, we've on the show, we've talked about mindfulness and we've talked about meditation and other such techniques to help us cope, especially in difficult times. Tonight, we introduce you to another method or technique that could help bring some peace and calm into our lives. I think we all need this right now more than ever. My guest tonight is a practitioner of Chinese medicine. He specializes in Qigong, which is uh, spelled Q-I-Gong, uh, and has been uh, practicing and teaching this technique to hordes of people for decades. We welcome uh, Paul Fraser to uh, to the show. Hi, Paul. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. And you just released a book, Qigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity. I love the title. I think we need a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, tell me, are you finding that people um, in these times now are are looking for something, anything to help them feel somewhat peaceful during this, this pandemic and up- upheaval? Really, it's an upheaval of our lives. Oh, no doubt. Um, I think that in general, I think as, as a, as a culture, that's something that isn't part of our lifestyle. And so when times like these come, anytime there's a, a crisis, it amplifies those feelings of unease, uh, to a degree that I think is almost frightening right now. So sure, yeah, that's been a, a mm. pretty big concern of most of the people who've been calling me lately. Right, and I think everybody, to some degree, is feeling is feeling this. Right, We're, it it has to stress us all, maybe to different uh, degrees, but it's really um, it's putting it out there now. And and I'm finding, even from my own uh, clients, that they're searching for and wanting to find ways to calm themselves, calm the system down, and and calm 
the fears. So uh, I know that the practice of Qigong is, uh, that's its, uh, uh, I guess, its goal. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about the history. What is uh, what is Qigong? And, and it's spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G, just for people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're looking for it. That's right. Right. Um, so Qi is something that um, I would say a comprehensive definition of that word probably doesn't exist. Uh, Different people agree, have have different disagreements about what it means. It's usually translated as energy. Um, I've seen some people say, oh, it's probably just a bioelectricity, but uh, while there is an electrical component to it, it's Mm -hmm. not strictly electricity. It has a huge bandwidth of frequencies. It's a force or a life force that moves through the body, and it's the very foundation of Chinese medicine. The whole idea behind acupuncture is this idea of saying, okay, if we've got 360 plus gates where this this energy flows, enters and leaves through the body, if those gates are obstructed or if uh, it's too much on one side and not enough on another, then we start to see an imbalance in how the organs work. And qigong, gong sort of means movement, action, work, or cultivation. Mm-hmm. But inherent in that word is this idea that requires a certain amount of uh, dedication or focus and over a long period of time. So how do you... Cult- mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. It, it would mean to, to cultivate... Uh, vitality or vibrancy over a long period of time as a way, almost as a way of being. So, Paul, how do you explain to people, because energy is something that you cannot see, right? So, uh, it's it's, it's very hard to, and and we talk, we use the word quite a bit. Like we say, oh, I love Mm -hmm. that person's energy, or Mm -hmm. I feel the energy in the room. Um, And yet we can't quite pinpoint what it is and so when of course when you talk about even things like acupuncture and and other mm-hmm. um let's say chinese you know uh theories and and medicines it's sometimes difficult in the western world to look at that and because we're just not this is not what it's not part of our upbringing at all that's true um in fact i remember the first time i had a kinesthetic experience of it i was shocked Mm-hmm. Um, when in, so this, in one sense, somebody may say, oh, isn't this just theoretical? To somebody who practices Qigong, it is a very physical sensation. You can feel this current, and a lot of people will describe it as tingling or warmth or a sensation of, like, opposing magnets between hmm. your palms. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. while there can be this, what would we say? Maybe an emotional response when you say, oh, I really enjoy that person's energy or their presence. Uh, even maybe if they don't say anything, that would be one person's energy field communicating with the nervous system of another person. Right. But when a, when a person is actually cultivating this chi, there's a very physical sensation. We, you, it's not um, something that I know... You, Many times people say, oh, it's a subtle feeling. But when one cultivates this, it's it's not subtle at all. It's very obvious. 
Well, I know for many people this has been life-changing, for sure, this kind of practice, as has been many others, like uh, people who swear by meditation or mm. um, uh, the practice of mindfulness and, and things like that, um, even yoga. Uh, many of these involve movement, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they can be life-changing because there is a focus on the internal and, and your breathing is important in all of these. Is breathing just as important in the practice of Qigong? It can be. Um, there is, in all of the forms or styles, there will be at least one portion of the form where how one breathes is very important. Some systems stress it. Other systems stress posture more, and other systems may stress, like, the way one might move, but absolutely, breathing would be a, a pretty key mm-hmm. component at one point or another. My guest is Paul Fraser. He is the author of Shigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity. So we're talking about trying to find that emotional balance. We'll also talk about how it's a larger, much larger than us as well, and how we can bring how we could be better for all of humanity because many of us are thinking about this now and the, and thinking about kindness and compassion for our our fellow man especially in in these difficult times his website is paul fraser kigong i'm just pronouncing it how it's written q i g o n g .net paul fraser kigong .net the book is kigong rediscovering our humanity so um how does it different? How does it uh, Qigong practice differ from, let's say, yoga uh, and meditation? In one sense, uh, to somebody who's a Qigong practitioner, they would say, "Oh, they're they're different aspects of the same art." Okay. Where one might say, um, for example, uh, meditation would be considered what they would say on the yin side, where. One is calming the body and the mind and the nervous system down so much that we've lowered the resistance to that flow of chi in the body. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody might say in the yogic tradition, a person is opening up the joints and the structure and, and as a result lowers the resistance to the flow of that energy. When one practices qigong, it, we say, okay, first we access the energy inside the body. Then we create a resonance. All of us are sort of existing in a field of charged particles. There's a Chinese classic where they say, no fish is aware of the water he swims in. <laughs> and so, I like you know, that. We say, oh, yeah, we're in this sea, right? But maybe we don't notice it because we're all, we've always been in it. Right. And so we say, if we can sensitize the body a little bit, and it, it's very much a physical action, and then bring our attention to, to this sensation that we have, then we begin to resonate with that ocean of chi that surrounds us. Mm. Then we feel the flow sort of moving through the body and resonating with everything else that's alive. So it really is very, uh, I mean, it has a lot of the components of meditation, mindfulness, Certainly. right? Because mindfulness, we're in mindfulness techniques, we have to focus on the inner, what we're feeling on the inside, in, in our surroundings, like it, like the fish feeling the water instead of just yeah. going through life just like that. And we know, we know that there are studies that have been done 
um, I'm meditation, mindfulness, it's all part of techniques now that are, uh, let's say, approved by, you know, psychiatric and psychological associations because there have been um, studies, like scientific studies that have shown health improvements through meditation and mindfulness and things like this. So I'm assuming with something like Qigong, which how, how long, how, like historically, this practice has been around for how long? At least 7,000 years. Ah. The, <laughs> yeah, the earliest writings in China uh, that sort of predate Chinese characters, we can almost call them sort of almost like hieroglyphic type writings right. in China, deal with these postures. The very first uh, in, the, in the northern part of China, uh, just uh, outside of uh, what would be, what, Kunlung Mountain, just in that area, mm-hmm. the earliest writings that were uncovered deal with this subject. 7,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be questioning something that's been around for 7,000 <laughs> years. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing. Um, I, I remember having this discussion with someone who was asking me, um, why, why would I put so much faith in it? And I said, well, if you know anything about uh, Chinese culture, it's not by itself a very sentimental culture. Mm-hmm. If, it had, if it didn't work, it wouldn't have survived. Right, that's true. They'd have thrown it out by now. Quite, yes, quite true, quite true. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. Uh, We're speaking with Paul Fraser. Uh, He is the author of uh, Qigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity, pronounced Qigong, but spelled Q-I-G-O-N-G. And his website is paulfraserqigong.net. If you have any questions at all about this uh, ancient Chinese practice that really uh, cultivates emotional balance in uh, in our lives that is the the I think its main um, correct me if I'm wrong but its main uh, purpose is to be able to balance that energy that we all have and we are all we are all fish swimming in this big ocean um, and and that awareness can help us bring some calm in our lives which I think is what we need a lot of right about now. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Tonight we learn how to cultivate emotional balance with a technique that you may or may not have heard of, or a practice rather, just like yoga is a practice, this is too, called Qigong. We have with us uh, an expert in the field, Paul Fraser. He is the... Whoops, did we lose Paul? I think we're going to have to to get him back on here. Uh, Paul Fraser is the author of uh, Shigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity, and it's something that I think we're all thinking about now, especially in these uh, in these difficult times. Many of us are feeling um, a little bit unbalanced, some of us a lot unbalanced, right? It's uh, it's all new to us. No one has ever experienced anything of this magnitude, um, not being able to see your family and not going to work and the social isolation. And I mean, I can't, we all know, we've all, we've all been there. Everybody's talked about it. So um, it's something that we can all, uh, all think about. Do we have Paul back on the line? 
Yes. Oh, great. Okay, great. Uh, Paul Fraser is my guest. Uh, again, paulfraserkegong.net is uh, his website. So somebody asked, is this the same as um, as Tai Chi? I-, I think a lot of people are familiar with Tai Chi. Yeah. So how, how different or, or uh, similar is it? Well, t- uh, saying the word qi- or the term Qigong is kind of like saying food. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, where, where one could say, oh, well, I could have a bowl of ice cream or a bowl of broccoli, and they'll, they'll both be great, but they're likely to do something different. Okay. Uh, and so Tai Chi is the movement that one sees in a Tai Chi form would be considered a martial form of Qigong. Oh, okay. So the, the uh, method behind Tai Chi, and one of the reasons that people seek it out for its health benefits is the postures will condense that energy in the joint spaces and sink it down, sink the majority of the life force below the diaphragm. And so as a result, people who have arthritic conditions, uh, stress problems, circulation disorders, um, let's see, uh, arthritis, high blood pressure, those, those types of things will mm-hmm. all be helped by Tai Chi, but maybe some of the more serious conditions might not be. One would need a different style of energy cultivation for that. Hmm. So it, it it is similar. It's like you said, I like that. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like same family. The, the same family. Okay, because I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody, which was interesting, and I was recommending to a, a client. I was I was talking to her about you know trying meditation, and she was like, "Oh no, I can't sit still. Like I need to I need to find something mm-hmm. where I'm actually moving." And then I thought, "Oh well." perfect person is going to be talking about this because I know that with Qigong there's movement. And um, so for people who don't want to sit there and just, uh, you know, meditate or find it difficult to, because not everybody finds that a simple thing to do, would this, would this be an alternative to that that could bring all those benefits as well? No doubt. Um, in fact, I would say, you know, the, the website that you mentioned, if somebody wants to click on the media page, on that page, there'll be a series of different styles of Qigong, and if anybody would like to try one out, they're all free. Okay, great. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, so people can find out and, and even practice. So you, you lead these these little practices that people can see if it's something that they like. Yes. Great. And I'll give the website again, net for anybody who's interested. I have a, a text that says, uh, actually, everything in the universe is fundamentally composed energy to varying intensities and degrees. And although we may not necessarily be able to visually perceive its essence as a rule from the perspective of its most fundamental refined state, we can and do nevertheless perceive it in its comparatively more compressed, brute, and hence solid physical state, as well as within its relative consequential effects alike. That might even sound like a, a, a paragraph in your book. <laughs> it, it, it could. I was just going to say, was, the person is very eloquent and yes. ought to write if that, comes out of a, if that comes out of a text that was very good. Um, there, there is this idea that everything has frequency and vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, that is true. So solid matter, to a certain degree, is not solid. Right. And um, the way we know that is that we can X-ray it. Mm-hmm. Uh, things will pass through solid matter, so there is lots of space there. Um, and with with animate objects, you know, those 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 of us who are alive, and uh, also plant life, animal life, that energy then is even more dynamic because it circulates. 
instead of being contained within an object, it moves as we move. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, how is Qigong helpful to, especially now, to our he- like our health, our... Um, mm. I know that keeping the the system calm, like if you look at people who are anxious, um, sometimes they have all kinds of physical symptoms that come with it. And so we, we want to teach people who are anxious how to calm the system down, not just their brain, but their whole bodies down, because obviously there's benefits to it. Mm-hmm. Well, there'd be a couple of things with this. Um, first, obviously, when a person is stressed, uh, the immune system shuts down. Right. Uh, they, you know, so the more stress hormones we have in the body, the lower the immune function is going to be. At the same time, when qi is circulating through the body, it, if we think of each of the organs in the body as a miniature battery, we bring the qi to each of the organs in the body, the organs begin to get charged with that power, and they operate more efficiently including things like the thymus gland and the bone marrow where we find a lot of our immune system, the the lymphatic system. All of these, the systems that we depend on so much to keep us healthy are going to work more efficiently as long as there's an abundance of that life force. And there are, there is research that shows that the the, I don't know about the practice of Qigong, but I know with uh, Tai Chi, with yoga, mm-hmm. with meditation, like we now have research, like it's now considered something that is researchable, you know, in, in it is. way back when people were not looking at this, they were thinking this was, you know, for the, for the yogis up on the mountain and for all the granola people and the tree huggers, but that isn't really what we know now because it's been, become so popular things like yoga and Tai Chi, is this becoming mm-hmm. popular in the same way? I think it is. I think it's, um, in, in a sense, it's become a little bit more commercialized, which has its up and downside. I mean, the upside is uh, more people will hear, hear about it. Mm-hmm. The downside is it could get a little bit watered down. But, you know, in truth, uh, you know, I remember somebody saying, oh, do, do you have to be special to do this? And I said, no, you only have to be alive. <laughs> You know, you have chi, so you can move. Right. Yeah. Anybody can do it then. Any age, yeah. anybody can do it. Absolutely. Okay, that's good. Here's a, a text who writes, When I was young, I was a semi-pro snooker player. In tournaments, I was taught by a Japanese man how to calm myself, remove my nervousness, and find my zone. It worked. Mm. Uh, I guess it's a, another kind of, uh, of practice. Look, coming up, mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about... Um, Humanity. Okay, it's in the title okay. of, of your book, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Qigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity, and how this can not just help us, but how us helping humanity helps us. Mm-hmm. So this is something I want Great. to uh, focus on coming on. So uh, hang, out, hang out with us for a little bit longer, and we will address that. From 
the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak. You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight we've been talking about uh, cultivating uh, internal balance in our lives, so not just balance outside of our lives and what we do, but some of the stuff that's inside because a lot of us are experiencing stress and anxiety. And to help us with that tonight, we have uh, Paul Fraser. He is a practitioner of Chinese medicine who specializes in the practice of Qigong. It's um, spelled Q-I. Uh, G-O-N-G, and he has written a book, just came out, uh, Qigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity, and you can see what it looks like physically by going to his website, Paul Fraser, net, and he shows you some of the movements. So it's similar to Tai Chi, it's in the same family, is what I'm, I'm gathering, but there's, it's very helpful, it has been shown to, to help and help heal ourselves on, uh, on the inside. Now, I have a question from one of our listeners, Paul, if you would be sure. so kind to answer. Um, I'm mm-hmm. curious if your guest could elaborate upon the possible energetic disturbances or causes and solutions of intense overheating energy causing burning sensations and profuse sweating all over the body, which may be otherwise classically described as being either hot flashes or inflammation. Oh, yeah. Could this help hot flashes? Because that would be really <laughs> <Yes>. good. <laughs> it would. Okay. So it's an excellent question. Um, so there are um, many – I have to be careful about how I do this. My okay. wife always says that if you ask me what time it is, I could give you the history of the watch. <laughs> um, so I'll try to keep this brief. Um, okay. The fundamentals is this. There is, as we age – a decrease in yin energy, which is the cooling aspect of the body. Uh, okay. At the, same te- at the same time, as um, one goes through hormonal changes, there will be, at times, excess hormonal debris in the blood. Mm-hmm. When the liver has to filter that out, we think of the liver as sort of it stores the blood that we're not using, especially at night when a person sleeps. The blood, the excess blood sort of is stored inside the liver. Now, with that excess hormonal content, it, it's almost like, a, it creates almost like a friction, a chi, an energetic friction inside the blood, which then creates the sensation of heat. Mm-hmm. So, what one would do is, um, as one practices Qigong, uh, you rebuild the yin energy. And also, in, an, in, in one way, brings more energy to the liver, which then allows the liver to filter the excess hormones out of the blood and cool the body back down. Hmm. So it's helpful. I promise that's the short answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm sure you can get very, very <laughs> uh, technical about this, but we won't go there. All right. One, something that I know to be true is that anxiety is very contagious. But guess what? Mm -hmm. So is kindness. And uh, what we're learning, at least I'm hoping this is the silver lining in this whole uh, crisis and pandemic, is that Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing a lot of a lot more acts of kindness. We're seeing people who are far more compassionate. Uh, Maybe it's helping to just be a reminder of people that we we don't live in a 
like we live in a world and the world matters and more than ever. Like I know the community here, the passion community have been so, uh, so kind and compassionate to their fellow man, like the ones who write in and, and they hear people in trouble and they want to help. And so that I have found that to be quite contagious just, just here with our own listenership. Um, and I know, I mean, you talk about rediscovering our humanity. To me, when I think of humanity, I think of being humane. I think about, about uh, being compassionate to our fellow man. Is that what you mean? And, and how is that cultivation important to our well-being overall, even our health? It is. Um, just, it's exactly what I meant um, by that title. And also, in the classically when one talks about cultivating energy, we talk first about quantity. Do I have enough? But as important is quality. And so all throughout the, the traditional writings on the subject of energy cultivation, they say one's virtue dictates the kind of energy that flows through the body. Uh-huh. Now, there's a very easy exercise that a person can try, right? Okay. If I remember... The last time I was really angry with somebody, and I really call that up, my body will tighten up. Yes. But if I remember or I put my attention on someone or something or someplace that I really love, my body's going to open up to receive that flow of energy. And so that's a, it's a simple, a very simple exercise. But what we find with this is the more kindness, the more love that I send out, whatever I'm sending out has to pass through me first. Mm-hmm. So if I am wanting to do uh, an, act, an act of kindness or an act of compassion or some gentleness, that moves through me. It leaves a mark. It leaves a type of energy which is good for my health and good for the people around me. Right. So being uh, being good to others is uh, selfish, but it's also very giving. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's, there's an expression in the Tao Te Ching. They say, selflessness will complete yourself. <laughs> right. Something like that. Yeah. Well, it's very much for when, you know, when we, when we volunteer, when we, when we do things like that, it makes us feel good. So obviously, yes, we're doing good, but the feeling that we have is good for us as well. And I, and I encourage people every day to be able to uh, behave in a, in a kind manner and to pay attention to that. And maybe like you said, pay attention to your body. Like when you're angry versus when you are, uh, behaving in a, in a loving way. Um, I have another question for you. I think maybe the last mm-hmm. one. Um, are there any recommended techniques for highly empathic individuals for creating oh. energetic boundaries and self-protection preservation? I think that's a great question. I have a few clients who happen to be super sensitive and, and mm-hmm. they seem to absorb every, everybody else's energy. So yeah. how do you put a, a, how do you make that bubble around you? Well, the first thing is this. Um, I'm going to go against what a lot of the con- conventional uh, writers say now. They usually say, oh, to, to try to build a shield around you. Here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm putting into my shield, I also give access to. So if I say, I'm not going to put this in my field, I'm putting it in my field. 
Okay. The, the, the energy doesn't operate in the negative. And so we have positions. The most popular ones are, are referred to as uh, post-standing or standing posts. Okay. Uh, where a person will hold a posture, and in that position, uh, the, the, we really kind of stress the legs a little bit with this. It sinks the energy down below. Once the chi passes through the feet into the earth, the earth has its own magnetic field or its own energy. Your chi and the earth's chi combine. Now you and the earth act as a, as a, in a partnership. That natural energy will create almost like a filter around your body. Hmm. It's, it's, it's really simple. It's, it's, the postures themselves are very easy. Um, it's just a case of, are you willing to make your legs tired? Right. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. any practice, right? It's anything anything that you're going to uh, get good at or or anything good takes effort. Like, I just want to make it put does. that out there. It requires effort. I, I remember the first time I did yoga, it was a mess. It was horrible. It, was, it, took, <laughs> it, took, it took years before I could be any good at it or before I could even calm my brain. Uh, so, of course, this is something that requires uh, requires practice. Well, I, I want to thank you. We've got some texts that are just loving loving you here and uh, want to reach out to you. So I'm going to give out uh, your 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 uh, website. It's Paul Fraser, F-R-A-S-E-R, Kigong, Q-I-G-O-N-G dot net. If you want to find out more about Paul and his book, Kigong, Rediscovering Our Humanity. It has been a delight, Paul. Thank you so much oh, for joining us. Too. All right. Thank Wonderful. You so much. Stay safe. Okay. Uh, take, take care. care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Uh, that's it for us. Thank you for all of your uh, interesting texts tonight. Do appreciate it. I hope we all learned a little something. And if you want to know more, well, you know that you can go to Paul's uh, website. And if you want to hear uh, or you want to share this podcast with uh, your friends or someone you think might benefit, this is a perfect opportunity. It will be posted up later tonight. If you go to drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com, and you click on the Passion Radio tab, you'll have all the past shows there and you'll be able to share uh, the podcast uh, with uh, with whomever you'd like thank you to our technical producer tonight chris uh, uh, is it? Uh, nicole nicole sorry hi nicole <laughs> uh, and uh, thanks to all of you you can connect with me on social media at dr Lori batito uh, coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a wonderful rest of the evening stay safe and remember to live your life with passion I will do